The Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Welcome to the Startup Women Podcast, a show where we connect you, Canada's powerful cohort of women-identifying founders, to real stories and case studies of women-building businesses, supported by true, tactical advice from thought leaders and industry experts. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO of Startup Canada. Each month, I'll be sharing the mic with one founder and one expert. Together, we will dive into real stories and scenarios and uncover actionable advice for women entrepreneurs across Canada. From funding and hiring to sales and scaling strategies, on this show, we cover the most important topics so you can deconstruct the challenges of starting and running a business with knowledge that goes beyond the surface level. Let's get started. Monique Hudson is the founder and lead content producer of Dom Productions. After running the business for six years, her mindset and missions have evolved and changed. They've had to. Monique knew that this was necessary for the growth of her company, but these things are never as easy as we think they're going to be. Our thoughts, beliefs, and nature can get in the way. But what I found in the beginning is that I was getting a lot of advice from um, Gary V. Wannabes. Um, and that's just not the direction that I want to take my business in. I was assigned a mentor at one point. The, the, the advice that I was getting just did not connect well. It, did, it just did not sit well with me. Whereas I want to grow my business, but I also want to uplift more women of color and then more women and especially more women of color in the uh, media industry. This person was telling me, you know, uh, outsource overseas, you know, you can get editing done for, you know, 15 cents an hour. Um, we can get so much more done if you just like follow my model. And it just like, it just did not resonate at all. So I had, I had to like go outside of that and think there has to be more than one way to get this done. That's where Cheryl Sutherland joins us to remind us that you are allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to be honest with yourself. You're allowed to let things go. Cheryl is the founder of Please Notes, a business that she has built to help women step into their power by building confidence, clarity, and creativity. In this conversation, we talk about the mindsets we must adopt to integrate new things into our businesses and practice being the person we want to become for ourselves and for our companies. Having that mindset of our business is here to grow us, right, is the most important thing. So if I'm not in love with this anymore, if it's not feeding me in that way, then like, am I doing this relationship, this business? Am I doing this justice? Am I doing justice for myself? Am I continuing to grow? And then just even checking in with yourself. Am I excited to even do anything? Is it just like, oh, do I need to delegate things or do I need to switch a completely different model? Oftentimes we get sucked into this whole like feeling of guilt of like, oh, I have to still be this person because this is who I am. Like I am not my business. And like that identity is just tied in a little bit too, I don't want to say too aggressively, but you're tied to that. And and it's actually holding you back versus pushing you forward. The most successful thing or the most important thing in order to be successful is having that passion and being honest with yourself about this is something I don't want to do. And if not, I'll try something new. Welcome to the show, Cheryl and Monique. Thank you. Amazing to be here. I'm so excited to get started. And this is, is you know, such a great intention setting episode just for myself personally. So I'm, I'm selfishly very excited to have this chat with both of you today. So I'm going to kick things off um, with Monique. You know, you've been running Dom Productions for six years now. What is a mindset that you have now that you didn't when you first started? Walk us through that journey a little bit. And was there a certain moment or lesson that caused a mindset shift for you in this evolution? Yeah, you know what? Starting six years ago, I was just coming out of a full-time corporate job as a um, content producer for a fintech company. 
Um, and I was very reluctant to start because, you know, photography, video, these aren't really necessities that people need day to day. It's not food or water. I'm not curing cancer, or feeding hungry mouths. So, um, going into it, I thought, you know what, there's probably going to be a cap on the amount of money that I can make, but I really want to do this because it just makes me happy. Um, also was really concerned with how many, um, competitors I had, you know, there are so many businesses like mine, especially in Toronto. Uh, there are so many photographers, so many videographers, um, not as many copywriters and, um, blog post writers or creative writers, but you know, there's a lot going on out there. But um, the mindset shift came when I realized, hey, there's only one me in the world. There's only one Monique Hudson. So I know if I put my mind to it, that I'm going to be successful no matter what. Um, Because everybody has something unique to offer in their own respect. So it doesn't matter if I'm one in a million, one in 10,000, I I have something specific to give. And that's why people are going to come to me specifically. Mm, I love that. So Cheryl, why do you think that women entrepreneurs really struggle with this and knowing their worth, knowing their really unique superpower or unique value prop? Does this take a lot of time to overcome, uh, you know, this kind of thinking as a founder? Is this just an inevitable process of, um, you know, navigating life as an entrepreneur? I personally think that it really comes down to the fact that like valuing yourself as a woman, it can get kind of tricky. Um, Oftentimes we're told that we're too full of ourselves, that, you know, we need to be more humble, that really like that success comes for us in being liked more than being respected. And when we ask for respect, it comes along, um, along the lines of like, you're being too brash. Um, I'm of course speaking from the black experience, speaking of being like the angry black woman and not wanting to be that. Um, and so that's why I feel like so many women are hesitant or it takes a really long time to feel okay with asking for what we want. And then also coming from that place of power, coming from the place of no, I'm valuable and it's okay for me to know I'm valuable and I'm going to let you know that I'm valuable. Um, it, it just, it's definitely a lot of just stuff from a long time, even from childhood that we've had to go through. And uh, the quicker we can move through that, the quicker we can be more rich and successful. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great to me. I love that. That's awesome, Gerald. So uh, yeah, to your point, I think we need to really challenge a lot of these narratives and and where we position ourselves um, in what we've been told or the messages that we've received our entire lives. Um, And our partners at BDC actually published a really fascinating video about this deep debunking myths around women entrepreneurs specifically um, and revealing that so much of what is said about women entrepreneurship is actually just concretely not true. Uh, You know, women are too emotional to run a business, but in fact, emotions are, you know, a really valuable gateway to success and really great decision-making. Women are first to fund their businesses themselves before asking for money and funding elsewhere. Um, And women and gender diverse led businesses outperform those run by men. We have so much data that, that speaks to that. Have there been times as founders for both of you when this, you know, kind of language or these myths or these assumptions really affected your mindset or your belief in yourself? Uh, Monique, do you have any specific examples through your journey? Okay. So before I even get into examples, after watching that video, it's so crazy to me sometimes seeing that these stereotypes still exist. Something like, oh, women are too emotional to run a business. Like I remember hearing so long ago, I think when um, Hillary Clinton was first running for president, everybody's like, oh, what if she gets her period you know um you know she's gonna like hit the red button that launches all the nuclear missiles or something like just absolutely outrageous things like that people really still believe that because i am more in tune with my emotions that it's some kind of weakness being in kind of like a male dominated industry uh, i mean if you google uh, photo tutorial or photography tutorials. It's all, um, white men. Um, originally seeing that my mindset was to go down that same route is like not really tap into the, uh, more emotional creative side, but more go into like the technical side of things. Um, so this, did put me back a little bit in the beginning, but luckily I was going to therapy at the same time for my personal life. So it kind of helped me shift 
in, I'm going to say within the first year of my business and thank God, because, you know, I was turning to a lot of men in the industry for advice, but not really, um, paying attention to what else could be out there. And when I started joining more um, women networking groups and just talking to more, even women of color, especially, um, just because that's the situation that I'm in right now, it, it definitely helped my business to flourish and grow because I was able to like I said before, tap into the more vulnerable side of things, talk to my clients, form deeper um, relationships with them. And um, also they just provided me with more referrals, more connections. They were just so much more awesome that way. It's a much more human experience overall. Like that it doesn't take rocket science to know that. But yeah, you're, you know, you're trying to potentially hyper-correct an assumption that you think people are making and and that then can lead you to being inauthentic. Like finding that comfort and that balance is is tricky for a lot of founders in general. Cheryl, what about you? Do you have any examples or experiences? Girl. <laughs> well, I think initially to go off of that, I think that, you know, I hate to use this this particular phrase, but there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? The traditional model of success that we've been handed down has been one that's more masculine and of course more capitalist, where it's like, um, you know, you have to be very aggressive, you have to be very clear at negotiation, you have to be very strong, but in a way that's really not conducive to our natural state of mind and the way that we naturally communicate. And unfortunately, we haven't had a lot of documentation or business books or all of that in comparison to what we've had from the masculine perspective. So what does that look like to be a successful female? Well, I mean, let's be honest, the statistics are already there. Like we're out here running things, right? But people will tend to give money to people that look like them. People will tend to connect people or give opportunities to people that look like them. So unfortunately, at this point in time, a lot of the people that are in positions of power don't look like us. So let's have that, like, just reworking that whole conversation of, like, who are the people that are successful? What did they do? And how did they do it differently coming from that feminine perspective? And when we look for it, we find so much information. We find so many great leaders. And so I think for myself, one of the big things is, and this is actually uh, something that got written up in, in one of the things I was, I don't even remember, but uh, where I actually went to a tech event and a lot of the uh, people that were pitching, or I went to a pitch event, a lot of the people that were pitching were all tech. I was the only woman of color. And then in addition, the only, um, uh, the only, there was one woman that was actually a judge on that panel. And she was actually harder than everybody on me versus on a lot of the other like Caucasian male Silicon Valley like tech bros. So I think it's, it's definitely a conversation to be had, but there's just so much to be said about like supporting each other as women versus trying to emulate a model that's inauthentic for us, that's not in alignment with us and what success looks like to us to go off of this last bit before like I break into a whole diatribe is like what does success look like for women versus men right again taking that mask and look at it some people are like land and expand grow your company do all these things like massive money but sometimes it's more like I want to be able to make an impact in my community I want to be able to support other people in my unique way I want to feel fulfilled I want to have something that I can give to my family and I think that this is also an amazing opportunity to take a look at why are we not valuing these things as much as money in the bank or expansion or like what my stock looks like. Absolutely. Cheryl, you just took everything that I said and said it so much more eloquently. So, <laughs> but, you know, what? I was kind of struggling in the beginning because I didn't want to name drop or, or bash anybody. But what I found in the beginning is that I was getting a lot of advice of advice from um, Gary V wannabes. Um, and that's just not the direction that I want to take my business in. I um, was assigned a mentor at one point, um, really, like, really fresh in the beginning. And he has his own um, real estate, you know, production company. Um, but the, the the advice that I was getting just did not connect well 
it did it just did not sit well with me um whereas i want to grow my business but i also want to uplift more women of color and then more women and especially more women of color in the uh, media industry um this person was telling me you know uh outsource overseas you know you can get editing done for you know 15 cents an hour um we can get so much more done if you just like follow my model and it just like it just did not resonate at all so I had, I had to like go outside of that and think there has to be more than one way to get this done. And I think mm-hmm. that's, it's a great point um, in, in how, who is feeding you information, who is feeding you advice um, and what do you actually have to take through this entrepreneurial journey? Like you don't have to, you know, listen to all of those suggestions and actually implement them. But when you're struggling and figuring out where you should be going and you're a first time founder and you're navigating all this uncertainty, you also don't necessarily have that confidence and that gut instinct yet that brings you into that direction. And that, I think this conversation is so helpful in like, how do we create these mindsets and create these spaces where we're trusting that intuition? We have enough anchoring us in the direction of these businesses we're trying to build. And then we decide which sources of feedback we want to pull from um, that are trusted advisors that might share some type of life experience that we are also aligned with and that you're not getting advice that is totally antithetical to who you are as a person. Like you don't need to feed yourself that advice if you don't want it. Um, but where do we, how do we build that? How do we actually get um, those mechanisms? And, and hopefully through today's conversation, we can um, start with that initial foundation in building that mindset and, and setting yourself up for success. Um, Cheryl, to your point earlier and, and looking at um, you know what you do with your clients all the time, we know that the women that you're working with and all the women that, that all of us are collectively working with are capable, they are strong, they are brilliant, they are innovative. Uh, the list goes on. Um, you work with women to practice affirmations. I'm super curious to get a better understanding of what this looks like, because this really allows them to believe that they are what they say that they are. Um, what challenges do you see women face when they're trying to adopt a new mindset? Walk us through this process a little bit. So I think I'm going to speak from my own experience is I'm a terribly impatient person, um, only because I'm also used to having results happen really quickly for me. So like things, uh, things are re- like, are real. I'm good at a lot of things. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm going to toot my horn when it comes to that. But then being able to say like, okay, this is who I am as a person. And this is who I really want to be. Like, why am I not there yet? Like, I've decided like, this is who I want to be. Like, what's what's going on here? So just, I, I think one of the biggest things is like, it's not an overnight thing, unfortunately. <laughs> I want it to be. But then like having that consistency and clarity is re- can be really, really hard. And especially when you have a circle around you that may not be exactly where you want to go. Oftentimes we find a lot of, you know, jealousy. Sometimes we'll find a lot of like inner work that other people need to do that does affect us. And so like one of the biggest things is of course, really creating a space that you can grow, whether it's like a co-working space, whether it's like an online networking group, like something like that, where you can authentically share like your dreams, your goals, we want to be what that looks like. Then I always like to take a look at, okay, if this is what I want, like without any shrinking, like no shit, no kidding, on all of that sort of stuff, like who is the person that I need to be? Then breaking that down into like, what are the daily actions that I get to take? And then even like some of the subtle things, like I have this, um, this really great meditation and it goes over the successful version of you. So who is that person? How does she speak? How does she walk? How does she smell? What does she wear? Um, even just like the way that she gestic- gesticulates, who does she hang out with? What does she do every day? And then starting to take those pieces and starting to integrate that into your life. So you're grounding yourself as that person and then oftentimes we'll be faced with a, a opportunity or a situation where it's easy to shrink where it's easy to go back to the person that i was yesterday where it's easier for me to discount my services just to like not have to negotiate or not to have to be in this situation and then at those moments where you feel that weird feeling in your gut just being able to sit there and be like, oh, wait, no, this is my reminder that this is my opportunity to grow. So if I was this version of me that I so desire to be, how would she approach this conversation and come with that level of groundedness in order to change that? Of course, again, it's it's all feedback and, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, even myself, I was just going through a conversation with one of my partners um, and we were doing, uh, just having some conversation around some pricing of some op- options. 
and I had sold some stuff to like wholesale to somebody. And I was like, you know what? I did it again where I, I discounted a little bit too much because I just wanted to grow this relationship where I just wanted these people to like me. And I'm like, okay, well, I know this is where I'm at now. Now what do I want to do moving forward the next time I'm in this position? It might be negotiating a little bit harder. It might be asking for more. It might be actually like doubling my price and just like letting them sit with it because this is who I am and this is what I'm worthy of. And just seeing how that goes. Like, I don't know, nothing, nothing is quite as seriously as we, as we make it to be, but like just really sitting in that space of this is who I am. This is what I want. And I'm going to let it be that way. And, and practicing that consistently is, is super huge. Oh, I love that. Oof, that's that's good. Like shivers of <laughs> great, um, great recommendation, Cheryl. And that's hard. Like that's really hard work, right? This is not to your point. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes a lot of courage and commitment to constantly coming back to that. Um, like this, this is challenging stuff. But I think being um, accountable to yourself and honoring that intention, like you owe yourself more than you owe exactly. anybody else, right? Like if you're not prioritizing yourself there. Right. And being gentle with yourself when you're doing it too. It's just like, oh no, oops, I did it again. Now (laughs) I'm going to do better. That's it. (laughs) Many of our listeners might be listening to this and thinking, okay, but my goalposts are moving all the time. That throw in a pandemic, throw in the world being on fire in all these different ways. It feels like there's so many variables that are changing in our lives. Does that play a role in this exercise, Cheryl? Is this something that you recommend people revisit regularly if their goals change? Should you be looking at a longer horizon? How do you balance all of these changing environmental factors that might be um, you know, within the lives of, of women entrepreneurs that are listening here? I think the most important thing is understanding that everything is temporary. So even if I, like, like I was saying to one of my friends when actually I was living in LA, and I was on the roof of her building and we were just chilling and like looking at like all of the things. And I was like, would you have believed five years ago that this is where you would, would be? And she's like, not at all. Life is always changing. And so I think most importantly, if we get down to the why of what, why we want these goals. So let's say if I want to hit like 100K, if I want to lose 50 pounds, if I want to be in like this delicious relationship with myself or with somebody else, why do I want that? And even though a lot of these external things may change, the why is what we're going towards. So yes, the panini, the panini did a lot of different things for people, but I know that the panini was great for me because I'm not really good at like stopping or slowing down, right? So it's like, what is the silver lining and is this moving me closer to that why or farther away from it? And what can we do to get closer to that why? Um, sometimes I feel like certain things are just like increasing the resistance on your exercise machine, right? Like it's like, okay, we're going up a hill, but then you get over that hill and you're like, wow, my thighs are so strong now, right? So it's, it's all in perspective and in, in, in how you're approaching things. But again, really being tied to that why is, is super important and will pull you through anything. And Monique, from your perspective, working in the creative technical industries, that's also such a um, a moving industry and there's constant change in those spaces. And to your point, you know, all these different competitors and, um, you know, that, that space having a lot of competition. How do you think the industry or that type of environment has also impacted the mindset and, and the discipline you've had to have around building that really strong mindset? Has that changed your business as you've grown? I mean, okay. So like first coming into the industry, like I said before, um, like I realized very quickly that it was dominated by men and mostly um, white men. In joining that, I realized that a lot of their values didn't match up with mine. So shifting the mindset to like my mission, not being just to become the biggest content production agency out there. That's not no longer my mission. My mission is to uplift as many women and women of color as possible and to get them into this industry and to make sure that they show up and show out um, just so we can start to shift the narrative around the industry. So that was a big one in the beginning. Like I mentioned before, I encountered a lot of those um, men with different values than mine. So it was like a huge, a huge shock. Um, and a huge blow to what I was doing because it made me think like, am I really in the right area? Are people going to take me seriously? Um, but 
like I said before, I was doing a lot of internal work. So um, yeah, it helped a lot. And, and the why being your anchor, but the how can change over time. And I think that's also a nice permission slip that we can give to founders that your business is going to change. The tactics you have are going to change. Your environment might totally change. Your mission might change. Your your mission overall might change. Why you are coming back to this type of work and and that sort of centering that can keep kind of guiding you forward. Uh, I love that. Somebody told me, shout out Sheena from my last job, but she said something and it stuck with me (laughs) for a long time. Um, It's that people need different things at different times. So, you know, just checking in with yourself every once in a while to be like, do I still want the same things? Um, Are my, um, not my conditions, like uh, my my scenario, like, is it the same right now? Um, You know, a pandemic happened. Have I moved? You know, have I evolved? Has my mindset changed a little bit? Do I need to relook at what? Do I need to to think about what I want and do I still want the same things? And it's completely okay if you don't want the same things. You're People allowed. evolve and that is okay. Yeah. yeah, you're allowed to change your mind. I, I, that's been such a realization I feel like I had in my 20s of like, you can actually change your mind. Nobody has to you know tell you that you're not allowed to do that. One of the things that you had mentioned, Monique, was like, again, like that changing of your mind and even being able to switch from career, from career to career. Um, I think having that mindset of our business is here to grow us, right, is the most important thing. So if I'm not in love with this anymore, if it's not feeding me in that way, then like, am I doing this relationship, this business? Am I doing this justice? Am I doing justice for myself? Am I continuing to grow? And then just even checking in with yourself. Am I excited to even do anything? Is it just like, oh, do I need to delegate things or do I need to switch a completely different model? One of the things that I loved, and I think um, we, most of us know, uh, Rachel Kelly from Make Lemonade. Shout out to Rachel, who's amazing. But she had a co-working space where uh, Monique and I actually met in uh, Toronto and uh, the panini happened. And her goal was always to have a co-working space where people can come together. That wasn't going to happen anymore. She ended up trying to do it online for a bit, loved it, actually grew it. So it was actually international. She did really well with that. And then she's like, you know what? This isn't really giving me what I need to get. She went and had to like to floristry school and started, now she's a florist. And Make Lemonade is now, a, like there's floral drops and everything that she does. And I think the most important thing is like, is she happy? Is this growing her in the way that she wants to grow? Oftentimes we get sucked into this whole like feeling of guilt of like, oh, I have to still be this person because this is who I am. Like I am not my business. And like that identity is just tied in a little bit too, um, I don't want to say too aggressively, but you're tied to that and, and it's actually holding you back versus pushing you forward. So again, yes, giving yourself permission to walk away, to try something new, to explore something new. It's the same way that you see relationships, whether it be like friends that you've had for 30 years. If that relationship isn't serving you, let it go. If this business isn't serving you, let it go. Um, if this job isn't serving you, let it go. You know, like you gotta go and do what you need to do. But that that's most like the most successful thing or the most important thing in order to be successful is having that passion and being honest with yourself about this is something I don't want to do. And if not, let's try something new. I'm really big on pros and cons lists. So anytime you feel like something is no longer serving you, just write down what are the pros and cons and how much are each of those points like weighing down on you? Yeah, I'm very much one where I'm like, is this, if this isn't what I want, then what do I want? Because this is showing me clearly what I don't want. So like, let me explore that. And oftentimes I find that I learned a lot more about myself than I had, um, that I didn't know. And then also like, this is something I'm interested in. Okay, well, what does that look like? And then just follow that rabbit hole of uh, taking that best next step. Cheryl, I want to go into your three pillars to mindset, and that's gratitude, clarity, and manifestation. Can you walk us through these practices? Are there any exercise that our listeners can do to achieve any mindset shifts that they might be interested in and really show up differently as founders? Please tell me. You know, I really, <laughs> I really love this because on, honestly, it's, it's, it's such a great reflection of like who I am as a person and how I've grown in regards to like how I've rolled out these products. Like the first item in the line were these great sticky notes that were just reminders that you're amazing 
And then I ended up creating my clarity journal. And then from the clarity journal, it ended up evolving into a gratitude journal. And then from there, it was manifestation planner. And it's just like, just being more of me in this. So thank you for that reminder, first of all. Um, I think that they do stack on each other because like, first of all, when it comes to clarity, like you can't really know who you want to be unless you ask yourself some of those questions. Like, what does make me happy? What would I do all day? Who do I want to be? Like, how do I want to show up in the world? What's fulfilling for me? And going through and having those conversations. And then from there, just saying, okay, well, how do I start integrating more of that in my life? Or do I want to start integrating more of that into my life? What will happen if I do start integrating some of these more things in my life? And then, like, again, speaking as a woman, it's, it's very much like we're used to putting ourselves at the bottom of the totem pole like putting ourselves last. So what, how would life be different if we put ourselves first and really went after those things? So now that you're clear on what you want, gratitude, I, I love gratitude, but it's like literally like the universe's fertilizer. Like whatever you pour it on, you just get more of it amplifies everything. So if you want like more money, being grateful for the money that you have, the money that you're receiving, or even just like the abundance around you that like, isn't monetary whether it's air safety like great love support friends family it's wow my god that was so good and then that energy just allows more of that to return back to you um and then of course like lowering like the day-to-day stresses and anxiety and we we know especially during the panorama a lot of people were going through a lot of that because they didn't have a lot of those distractions that they normally had so really coming back to how do i be okay with right now without anything else being different And then um, when it comes to the manifestation, so uh, like Monique referenced before, manifestation isn't just like you sitting in like a meditative pose, legs all crossed, burning all of this sage, like God just drop a million dollars in my lap. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, right? Like that would be cool, but that's also like how that works. It's really like getting into the flow of, what do I want? And making sure that you feel really good in alignment with it and then taking action. So my manifestation planner really goes through that. Like, who do you want to be? Why is the lodge of attraction working for you? Or how are you like kind of stepping on your, your own toes with that? But then also, who do you want to be authentically? How do you want to feel? How do you want to affect other people? And then in going through that process, that's where it, it allows you to hold yourself again, tighter to that mindset of, success, of joy, of happiness, of deep, deep satisfaction that will allow you to have like the the happier life that you actually want to have. Um, and then I think like, I don't know, it's easy to say, to quantify certain things. Like if I say, oh yeah, it's going to be easier for me to climb this hill because I've lost X amount of weight, then it's just like, oh, that makes sense. But unfortunately there isn't that when it comes to being happy. Right. Like if I if I say like, oh, if I'm happier, like, you know, that's cool. But like, really, what does it what does it do for me? It doesn't do anything, but it really does. And I think that the more that we start having these conversations of the impact of joy and happiness and satisfaction in our lives, we're going to be able to value it more and then start putting in the work to make sure that we're making us a priority and, and just being more joyous every day. I love that. Let's just bundle that up and scream that from the rooftop, Cheryl. That's fabulous. And helpful that you have also these tools to walk people through it incrementally. Like, I think that is part of what feels so overwhelming about talking about mindsets or what what are you actually looking for in your life? It just feels like way too big of a question. Whereas if you break it down into these different pillars or these different prompts, um, you get that clarity, you get that honesty from your own perspective. You can build in those those really authentic moments of gratitude um, and then ultimately manifest you know, what, what you truly want versus what you think you want. Because I think that's also a big part of entrepreneurship. We think of success being this linear path. We think of it being only monetary or only because you're, you know, winning all the awards or getting all the prizes or getting recognized as this, you know, boss babe, whatever kind of problematic other type of language that we have. Um, And that is not success for everyone. It is for some, but we have to be ruthlessly committed to our own success metrics and then build in, um, you know, the mechanisms for us to, to keep that authenticity and keep that alignment and keep ourselves accountable to ourselves. I love that. And actually, 
It's the truth. And even in my clarity journal, I have this uh, exercise where you get through in like your current life and your uh, ideal life, right? So it breaks it down into four areas, uh, physical, mental, spiritual, um, and then your relationships, your money. There's a bunch of them. I haven't gone out, but it's four ma- main areas. I'm all like, why am I trying to do this off the top of my head? Charles? Anyway, um, and then so if you're like, okay, if I'm doing really well when it comes to my career, I'm making the money, I'm doing all the things, but I'm not paying much, as much attention to like my relationships or I'm like my spirituality. I'm not connected in that way. Or like, you know, I'm not really physically taking care of myself. Is that really success? And then so making sure that we have um, weighted volumes when it comes to those things and that you have multiple things. It's just like everything, like your circle is just going to continue to grow versus like having, instead of it being like a circle, it be, it's a square or it's a triangle. And then you're like, well, obviously my life is off balance, right? So just making sure that you have that overall balanced life and, and multiple KPIs to tell you what success Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. You were speaking to my entire existence right now. Right now, I feel like I've been doing very well in business. I mean, 2022 has been all about just growing DP. Um, But I am now officially on holiday break. I love Christmas. So I always take off three weeks this time of year. It wasn't until uh, my last day of work was on Friday. um, And the next day I woke up that morning. I'm like, I have neglected my self-care for I'm going to say maybe six months now, and I am not happy. I just need this time to reset. So as much as I love my business, there are other areas of my life that I was neglecting and just like finding that inner peace, that inner happiness also sounds very woo woo, but like it was, I just was not getting there. So being able to recognize that, that there are different pillars in your life that you need to attend to um, before you feel like overall good um, is very necessary, I believe. And that's, you know, exciting that you've had all of this growth with funding and finances and, and, you know, really focusing on, on that side of the business, Monique, what are you going to change? Do you think next year to, to make sure that that pie is different? Do you have any reflections on what you want to prioritize? Oh man, I already started mulling over things in my head. Cause this is also, whenever I take these three weeks off, it's also a time for reflection for me. Um, but just because I'm what into day three of my (laughs) time off I haven't got to it yet but a lot of things have been swirling in my head one thing in particular I know that I want to start implementing next year hopefully it works out but just sticking to two tasks a day um I know there are a lot of books out there it's like oh choose three things or four things or something like that for me right now I'm thinking like two tasks sounds like um what I'm going to aim towards because my agenda if you look at my daily agenda it is packed to the brim to the minute of what I am doing so there are probably anywhere between 18 to 30 tasks a day (laughs) so yeah in the new year hopefully we can just cut it back to two in the new year you're choosing to cut it back to two yes yes awesome congratulations I'm really happy for you thank you Will it be done? I will work hard towards it, but will it be done? Girl, stop. <laughs> you got to say what you want and leave it alone. Stop negating okay, stop, stop. I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> it's good. We're getting, we're challenging our minds. This is great. It's a, you know, it's a process, it's right? We're learning and unlearning here. <laughs> Okay, so I do want to really anchor part of our conversation today around money, because I think this is where things get very complicated for entrepreneurs in general, but also with women founders um, for particular reasons, both systemic and deeply personal, because finances are deeply personal. And there's all kinds of traumas and experiences that inform how we approach money. Um, When it comes to building a business and making sure you are honoring yourself, honoring you know, the intention of why you started this, but still needing to put food on the table and pay rent and buy more houses and, you know, really navigating what is a wacky money market in this time and and day and age. Um, I would love to get your perspectives on some tools or some, some shifts in mindset to talk about money, um, and talk about abundance and, and find what that mindset is for us. 
So Cheryl, maybe you, maybe you can kick us off a little bit and talk about abundance and money mindsets and how women relate to them as founders. What do you see within your clientele um, and what resources or tools and exercises do you provide that help women's mindsets when it comes to um, you know, finding the right type of money mindset for them? Yes, please do tell me because this is an area of my life. <laughs> um, I find that there's a lot of conversation around money and it's it's one thing that I heard or I just made up in my head I'm not sure was uh, that the way that people have connotations or like attachments or different perceptions around God is the same way that people like feel about money right and it's like there's people love money people blame money people like hate money people like hate people that have money like it's just like there's a lot of layers around that and I think if we start treating money in a different way, in a way of like, it's just energy, like just really taking a lot of attachment off of it, um, then it also helps change that. Or like, or I really love the conversation around money where we talk about it, it's just like love, like me being able to pay you and pay you in full or pay you extra is my way of loving you. Me being able to receive money for my services, that's your way of loving me. So like, why would I not want to continue like circulating this love, right? Just again, just little subtle shifts. One of my favorite books on the subject is actually um, Happy Money uh, by Ken Honda. And the thing that uh, he really speaks about is like, and I actually really love this exercise. And I think we actually get into some of this into um, my seven week course as well. But where if you were to have a conversation with money, what would she say? Like, are you my best friend? Like, are you pushing me away? Uh, like, I, I don't like to hang out with you. Like, when I first did this exercise, I was like, Money was telling me, like, I want to hang out with you more often. I want to do more things with you. But it just feels like keeping it, like, arm's length because you're afraid of me or, like, you're afraid of pissing me off or annoying me or something like that. Like, why? I, like, I just want to do cool things with you all the time, right? But realistically, I was like, uh, like, like, I want to just, like, I want to take care of you, but I got to take care of you from over here, right? So, like, even, again, having those conversations of how you feel about your money. Like what would money say if it was in a relationship with you? Would it want to be in a relationship with you? And then how do you change that conversation? Like, I think it really starts with self-forgiveness of like, you know, like, you know, I forgive myself for judging myself as like lesser than or not deserving or that I can't handle money. And then also I forgive myself for buying into the misconception that like there's a limited quantity or that I'm going to do something wrong when it comes to money. Right. Cause essentially like it's just a tool. If I end up spending a bunch of money, it ends up going out. It's not a loss. It went to something. It went to someone. Somebody's got food on their table now because I spent this money and I learned something or I like gained something or I like there's all these different things that you have around that. So really taking a lot of the guilt and the shame and the pressure around money off makes it a lot easier. I also think as a woman, there's a reason that we tend to go into our savings versus asking people for money. And it really comes down to the fact of like, do we value ourselves enough to say like, hey, this is something important that you should pay money for. Like this, yes, this is my idea. And like, look, there's all the statistics that say this should work. And are you confident enough to just like ask somebody for finances because like yeah you're gonna get a lot of no's you're gonna get a lot of people that are like this is a dumb idea why would I do that you have like no competitive like there's so many other competitors that are doing it yeah and like there's a reason that idea came to me there's a reason that I feel alive that I feel passionate that I feel excited that people are excited when I talk about my idea like there's something behind that and there's value and then like just being able to tie that up together makes it so much easier for money to come to us when we are saying that we're confident, we're saying that we're valuable, when we're saying that I'm worthy enough to receive this money, then the money will come. Mm. And is that, would you describe that as sort of like an abundance mindset that you're inviting that to come in? Like, how do you even describe that openness um, to receiving money? Like, what is this called? It's definitely tied into like a, like an abundant mindset. You definitely, definitely want to have one of those. 
But then also it's just like this level of peace. I think a lot of people make decisions based on scarcity. Like if I don't do this, something bad will happen. And that was actually a lot of the activities that I did in the beginning of my business. If I don't do something like my business is done or like, like I'm going to be like completely screwed or something bad is going to happen, which is not a good reason to do anything. You want to take a step back. You want to take a couple deep breaths because unfortunately when we make decisions from the space of scarcity, then that's what's going to come back to us versus if I'm making this decision from the space of mind, like abundance, like as a boss, like, am I thinking like, yeah, I'm going to put like 20 K into this. And I think that this is going to be a good investment. I'm doing it because I want to, because I've run the numbers. I feel really good about this versus I need this marketing company to be able to like crush this out of the park. Otherwise I'm completely screwed and I'm going to be homeless. Like you're not really going to get what you want, not only energetically, but then overall, like the results won't be what you want. So definitely when it comes to an abundance mindset and you want to make sure that, yes, you are making those decisions from that successful version of you. Mm. Love that, Cheryl. And I think this is a good moment. I think now coming in, what are you, the pandemonium, the panini, you called the pandemonium. The panorama. What else is there? There's so many. The panorama. All of these different things. There were so, there's a, there was a lot of trauma around money in the last couple of years that people lost a lot. They lost their security. Money meant something. Um, or this scarcity kind of mindset was lived in field. And, and um, I think that has really, that, that now is under our skin as well, that it's hard to think in this positive, maybe more abundant filled space when there has been this really challenging last couple of years. Um, do you have any advice for founders that may have navigated the worst in losing all their revenue, having to completely shift their business models that are really struggling financially? How do you go from that basement to this this new mindset that's bringing them into a more positive, abundance-filled future? For those that have felt that the <laughs> panini has affected them really negatively and they've had a lot of loss, I think that sometimes you have to make space for new things to come in. And oftentimes, if you don't make space, things will be taken from you so you can have that space. And it can be scary, but honestly, especially for those that are living in North America, I'm going to speak to Canada, like we've got so many different resources. We've got so many different things that are happening. And then also like, even just going through that conversation of like, what's the worst thing that can happen for me? Like I end up living on somebody's couch or, you know, like there's, there's just so many different things, like playing that like all the way to the end result of like, this is the worst thing that could happen to me. Um, and then just seeing like, is it as scary as I'm making it out to be? Um, also, I think that I know for myself, I didn't want to be this entrepreneur that was like inauthentic in the way of if I'm saying I can manifest anything that I want, then how come I ha I don't have like a million dollars in this business? Or how come I'm not like taking it with Oprah, like eating avocados? Why is this not happening for me yet, right? And like even, and I know for a lot of people, like they did have to go back and get a job. I had to go back and get like a regular, regular job. I went back into sales. It was amazing. You know what was really great? Direct deposit, right? <laughs> I got massages again. Totally. Totally. <laughs> like, let me go to the dentist, get all of this taken care of because I was, as an entrepreneur, I did not take care of myself in the way that I wanted to because I was so focused on taking care of the business, right? So it could even be that now I have the opportunity to take care of myself in a different way and also support my business because I'm having that additional income that's coming in this way, right? Just alleviating a lot of the pressure. One thing I do want to uh, uh, throw to is one of my favorite books when I first started my business was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And oh, nice. I was very much coming, right? <laughs> like I was coming from corporate and I was like, no, like I gotta be hard on myself, like 15 calls a day and da 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 da. Like, you, like why is this journal not done yet Cheryl like ah like super hard on myself and then in reading it I had to understand that like creativity is just it's not something that can be yelled at or wrangled or 
or pushed or prodded, right, into into being something. And unfortunately, or fortunately, that's the same thing with certain parts of your aspects of your business. Like you really do have to be in alignment and create that alignment for you to be able to be successful. So I think that, yes, it's a, it's an interesting time. There's always interesting things that happen. But then if you understand and if you truly feel, and this does get into like the affirmations, mindset, abundance, all of that, that you're always taken care of, that things are always working out for you, no matter what happens, like something good is coming or something good is here. And so just staying focused on that is like the most important thing. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. <laughs> there we go. Back to the third pillar. Yeah. 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 Monique, do you have any anything to share with your experience with um, your money mindset and finding the value of what you provide as a business owner and your services? How did you go about that process of pricing and feeling confident about what you were putting into the world? Because uh, I think a lot of our listeners really struggle with this. How do you know what is that that sweet spot uh, for, for yourself that really um, demonstrates the value we bring in? Hi. <laughs> I mean, this is something that I'm still struggling with. So listening to Cheryl just now was great. Um, in terms of my pricing, that was, I mean, to this day, people are still, I have clients telling me you're not charging enough. <laughs> if you charge more then I'll still pay it. Like, don't worry, <laughs> you can increase your prices. Um, for, for me, it originally was research into my field and just trying to see, you know, how can I be competitive without um, completely overextending myself. Um, but to this day, I'm still kind of, it's funny that we talk about like the abundance mindset and the uh, scarcity mindset, because I feel like I, I operate from two different ends of the spectrum. Like I'm either in scarcity mode or I'm either in, um, extreme abundance mode. <laughs> where I am investing, you know, I'm just like throwing money at this, throwing money at that. And I'm like, this is going to be great. It's going to make my business a million times better. Um, let me increase my prices. Let me add this service. Or I'm working from scarcity and I'm like, let me take every single thing that everybody asks me to do because I don't know what next month is going to bring. And that's kind of, um, you know, a personal money management issue that I need to work on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I can provide concrete advice to people. I don't even know if I'm in that position. Um, but the message is yeah. fluid, right? Like you're, you're constantly re-engaging with your yeah. relationship with money and it's not a yeah. path. And I think it comes from having t two parents who view money in <laughs> those ways. So I have one parent who is like, I'm going to be in financial ruins in any day now. <laughs> Not that they're not that they're going to be. They're in a very good position in life from from what I see. But I have one parent that's just like scared of losing everything and one parent who feels like they have everything. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Generational money management like that. Yeah, you know, bouncing around from one to the other has just kind of like been ingrained in me. Yeah. I just wanted to add to um, Monique, your point there. Listen, I've been in business for seven years and honestly. It's, it's been up and down in regards to like the scarcity, da, 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 da. I think one thing that I've recently started doing is just pretending that I have a money manager Ooh. and then just saying like, hey, like, like, cause like literally like before this in sales positions, like, let's say I'm like, yeah, no, that's the price. Like, I don't, I can't adjust that. Like I, I literally, I can't, like, that's not in my power. And then just saying like, yeah, no, like, like I can't do that. My partner won't let me. Like yeah. really, but really the partner is like, the, that money version of you or whatever so if you set your prices if you know exactly what you want but then also who you want to be who you want to serve in that context and just being like yeah no i can't but you know i really appreciate i really appreciate that like you know like when when you're able to meet me here i would love to work with you then it gives them the opportunity to grow as well in their own business so that yeah, they can have a yeah. goal i think one piece of advice i would give is um i think people need to stop being afraid of talking about money um, you know, because some of the best advice I've gotten from people is in moments where I've been vulnerable about my situation. Um, like I said, with clients telling me verbatim, it's like, you need to charge more. I will still stick with you if you charge more. Um, yeah, just, you know, having trusted people on your side and being able to open up to them about they can, they can help 
they can guide you um, in directions you never thought possible. And information, just like when you have no idea how much people are charging, et cetera, that feels very debilitating and, and often very stressful that you don't know if you're very close or if you're completely far off. And the only way to get that is with feedback and, and just information from, from the network. And many entrepreneurs are very open to talking about this because they're navigating the exact same challenges from their perspective. So that openness supports everyone's growth and everyone's anchoring and confidence. Um, and, and yeah, just, just being in community, right? I'm so grateful for the communities that I found in the beginning of this journey. Uh, Make Lemonade is one. Um, Women Who Freelance is another one. And just the connections that I made, um, it, not even, you know, client wise, but um, people that I've been able to lean on when I'm having issues in the business and just ask them, what's their opinion of this? Should I do this? Should I do that? And sometimes they say something that's like on point. Another time they say something that's like, eh, I don't like what they're saying, but now I know what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I'm saying it's just like, it's great to just like put it out there, talk to people, get opinions because it gets your mind going. Agreed. Okay. So We've covered a lot of ground in today's episode. Um, lots of great resources shared as well. I think there's lots of great uh, holiday reading that can happen from all these book recommendations too that I love. Um, but final pieces of, of sort of wisdom or recommendations that you both want to share with our listeners. What do you think that women identifying founders need to start doing and what do they need to stop doing? If you could anchor maybe one on both sides in order to continue growing to reach their goals, to achieve success in what it looks like for them. Cheryl, kick us off. What do you think is one thing to start, one thing to stop? Uh, one thing to start is um, not betraying yourself. And that comes in so many different ways. That could come in like nego- like not negotiating enough or like undervaluing your product. Or, and again, this is very personal for me, is like not giving to myself like not booking out vacation time or just like letting people know like please note this closed like right now i've got all these orders and i'm like i told y'all we're closed like nothing is going out until january and that's what it's like i'm not even going to try and call somebody to break into my apartment because that's like gonna happen right um so i think definitely like stop uh undervaluing yourself i feel like there's such a great opportunity to see yourself the same way that somebody that you really love and somebody you really respect see you and then just, you know, holding on to that. Um, I think something to start is actually, um, and especially for entrepreneurs, uh, especially for creatives as well, is going to business classes and sales classes. Um, I think there's a lot of woogly oogliness like around sales. Um, especially if it's like your own product, because like literally you're selling yourself, right? Um, and so it can be easy to be like, well, I don't know, like, I don't know. But but if you're if you get that level of expertise, if you get that practice of really taking yourself away and like depersonalizing it, it makes it so much easier for you to negotiate and have some of those trickier conversations. I just finished reading um Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, right. who's like a professional negotiator. Right. And then even for me, I'm just like, wow, there's just so many ways that I was like, or so many layers of things I was adding to this that I didn't need to add because like, it's like I was taking a lot of things too personally. Love that, Cheryl. Monique. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. So I've, I've said vulnerability, I think <laughs> a million times in this podcast, uh, but Definitely let vulnerability be your superpower. You know, like if you're struggling with something, the only way to not only get through it, but also to learn and grow from it is to get help, talk to people, um, do research, just it, like be able to let that sit with yourself that there is something happening within me right now. I need help with something or something's not going the right way in my business, in my personal life. Um, so yeah, do the research, talk to people, get help. Don't be afraid to face the bad along with the good and try therapy. 
Yeah, I swear. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leverage mental health resources. Yeah. That's a great one. Oh, and then really quickly going back to the whole finance thing, I found another thing that helped me this year is having kind of like a financial accountability buddy. So I have a, a cousin who's an accountant and like he doesn't really help me with my finances per se, but at least he like goes through my statement statement with me <laughs> and makes sure that I do that every month. So yeah, and like find your community. There's a bunch of different things that I'm throwing out here at people. <laughs> find find community, talk to, find trusted people um, that you can talk to about, you know, both the good and the bad. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you so much, Monique, for joining us on the Startup Women podcast. I feel very ready for 2023 with a lot of the recommendations and a fabulous reading list and uh, potentially some some fabulous templates to leverage from Cheryl's suite of offerings, which would be awesome for 2023. Thank you both so much for everything that you shared on today's episode. Um, and be sure to check out both Monique and Cheryl's businesses. Um, we'll have more information in uh, the podcast details. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you. To learn more from Cheryl's courses and resources and to order your own journal for self-growth and reflection, please head to pleasenotes.com and use code STARTUPWOMEN for 15% off. Thank you so much for joining us on the Startup Women podcast, where we are committed to telling the stories of women entrepreneurs and uncovering actionable advice that goes beyond the surface level. The Startup Women podcast is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles. Visit startupcan.ca to explore the Startup Women flagship program and access advisory support and free resources. Be sure to check out the show notes to access important links, resources, and information that we mentioned during today's episode. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to another episode next month.